The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off, and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you receive what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours and from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send into my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. So glad to be here. Deacon, thank you and for your warm hospitality. Uh, My name is Father Brian Sullivan. And in case you were wondering... I am not Irish, huh? so I know my name sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Father Brian Sullivan, you hear that name, like, oh, we got an Irishman coming, no? Uh, my family's from the Philippines, but I was born here, raised in, here in the States. In fact, I grew up in Elk Grove. I went to undergrad, in fact, before I, was, uh, I discerned the priesthood. I, was un- I graduated from Davis, so whenever I'm in Dixon, it always feels like uh, home, in a sense. And in fact, I'm the pastor of St. Mary's, just down the road. Uh, I just got here in July. And so when Father Montoya called me, because uh, he, he was away on retreat right now. In fact, when I was driving here, he called me up. He says, Father, I just landed. Um, I won't be here in time, so could you cover our 9 a.m. Mass? I said, happy to. And so I just drove down the freeway, came here, and hang out with all you lovely people here in Dixon. Huh? In fact, I know a few of your priests that have been here. Do you remember Father, Father Jose Beltran? He was here many, many years ago. In fact, we were ordained together. So we've been ordained over 11 years now, praise God. And also good friends with Father Michael Vaughn as well. And uh, in fact, I went to seminary with Father Hector Montoya. He was a few years ahead of me. And so, uh, so again, it's always nice coming here to Dixon. But anyhow, praise the Lord. God is amazing, isn't he? You know, one of the great things as priests, one of our great privileges that when we come to a parish, 
you have no idea who we are. <laughs> we just come in, swoop in here. <laughs> One of the beautiful things about our ministry is that when you call us during the difficult times of your lives, complete strangers, you call us, and especially those beautiful moments when, as we all know, when, when we get sick or when we think that the end is near, you call the priests, as we call it the last rites, those beautiful ancient prayers, the anointing of the sick, Holy Communion, and those beautiful prayers that we do when a soul is approaching the end. A few days ago, I was called, it was in Vacaville, because prior to, to arriving last July, I was actually here at the other parish in Vacaville, St. Joseph's, about six years ago. And so I was here for, for a little bit, and this founder that I knew back then calls me and says, Father, so-and-so is, is not doing well. And immediately, as priests, we, we make arrangements and we try to drop everything as we can, and we, we go to the bedside. I haven't seen them in six years. I arrive at the house. The husband answers the door. He says, welcome, Father. And he leads me down the long hallway in this home. And as I'm walking down the hallway, there's family photos on the wall. Photos, it's almost like chronological order. You know, when they were, the kids were young, photos of, of family vacations, photos of the kids in, in soccer outfits, high school graduations, college, the story of our families. And as we're walking down, we get to the door of the master bedroom, and these moments are always, are always a bit nerve-wracking, no longer how long have you been priest. Because you never know what you're going to walk into. Especially when somebody has a terminal disease, will this person be sad? Angry? Fearful? All of the above? A whole mix of those emotions? So you never know whenever you're called to these situations what, how that person will be. So as priests, we're always a bit nervous, but we'll play it off like we're, we're cool and collective. Right? We fake it until we make it, as we say. I walk in. The curtains of the master bedroom are drawn closed, but it still had a nice warm light. It's the middle of the day. There's a large window right behind the bed, and, and so the sun was shining through. She sees me, she immediately, Father, in those moments you realize why as you guys call us fathers, by the way. Thank you for coming. At this point, her teeth are, ch are, are chattering against one another. You see her medication causes her to causes her to have these uncontrollable chills. Even though it was 90 degrees outside, her medication causes her tremendous 
symptoms. So she was shivering as if it was minus five. So she's trying to talk as her teeth are chattering against one another. Thank you for coming. I said, of course. That's why we get paid the big bucks, Rabbi, so when we come to these situations. Huh? <laughs> and we sit down and we just chat. Normal, small talk. Her and her husband took a trip to Lourdes last year. You familiar with Lourdes? That famous pilgrimage spot where our Blessed Mother appeared to St. Bernadette in the 19th century. Millions of people from all over the world go to Lourdes to bathe in the waters there, begging God for a miracle. They did that, but it was not part of God's plan for a miracle that day. And then the conversation turns more seriously. My greatest hope, Father, she says. And again, as she's shivering, is that I'm ready. That I'm ready. I don't want to be separated, she says. And immediately at that moment, she was having a hard time speaking. She's speaking in slow, halting sentences. And immediately I thought, oh, she's, she's worried about being separated from her two kids. Of course, as any mother, father, it's one of our greatest fears, especially when death approaches. I don't want to be separated from him, our Lord. And then tears start welling up in her eyes as she looks up towards the heavens. Father, I don't want to be separated from him. He who I've loved my entire life. I don't want to be separated from him. And I just sat there and I marveled at her. Here is this woman thinned through her battle with cancer shivering uncontrollably as her husband comes with a gray blanket and places over her body because she was shivering. It's a good man, like a good husband taking care of his wife when, when, when she needs him. And then she turns to me and she says, again, in, 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 her, in her brokenness, and she looks at me in the eyes and she says, Father, you will always be in my prayers. And I'm thinking, I'm here to serve you. <laughs> and here she is in the darkest hour, thinking about our Lord and everybody else first. And I walked away from her house. I said, I'm walking away from a saint right here. Oh, it was beautiful as, as the world was going about its frantic pace, worried about Work and jobs and riches, the things that we get all get caught up in. And behind all of that, there are souls, hidden souls, living their own calvaries, unbeknownst to everybody around them, 
walking with the Lord. Oh, this was, this was such a beautiful soul. My brothers and sisters, this parishioner, this sister of ours was Lazarus in the gospel today. Isn't she? She is Lazarus. You see, with Lazarus in the gospel, the world looks upon him, this poor little shriveled up man with swords on his body where it says, our Lord, in that, in that remarkable, disgusting description that his sores are, are pus-ridden and dogs would even come in and lick his sores. How pitiful this man is. And then we have the rich man comes in who dines sumptuously in his beautiful linens. I bet he's even good looking too, I imagine. Lazarus, the rich man. Who does the world say is better of the two? Who does the world say you must be like if you want to be somebody? The rich man. Who does the world say is worth nothing? Lazarus. There's no power in Lazarus. With our beautiful parishioner there, the world sees that there's no power in cancer. There's no power in her, in her chills, in her broken body. But let me ask you, with the eyes of faith, who do you want to be like? Who do we want to be like? Oh, I'm telling you, with our eyes firmly focused towards heaven, I'd rather be like that parishioner than any rich man. rather be shivering, my teeth clamoring against each other. I'd rather be skin and bones. Than to be decked out with purple linens, eating sumptuously. So let me leave you this question. Are you Lazarus? Or are you the rich man?